Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. My name is Aaron, and my co-host Aaron Cooper is gone this week. We are recording on the holiday weekend of is this is this Memorial Day? It is Memorial Day. It's Memorial Day of 2022, the year of our Lord. And she is uh, doing something else with other people, presumably not working like like I am right now. But I have <laughs> My friend for forever, one of my oldest friends in town, we have a glorious round of applause sound effect inserted here. Just kidding. Paige Rose. Hi, Hi Paige. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Thank you for coming to be part of it. Have you ever been on a podcast before? I have been on a podcast, but this is my first in-person one. <gasps> this is the first one where there was an actual studio with microphones and not just you talking into your laptop? Yeah, pretty much. Yay. <laughs> So thank you for coming on the air with me today. I'm Normally excited. at this point, Aaron starts grilling people and is nice. immediately like, so tell me about your upbringing in Sioux City. And you're like, whoa. I love Aaron Cooper, though. She, she is matches my super intense energy. Yes. Yeah. In all the right ways. In all of the right ways. But uh, I think that we can announce it now, but I'll just keep it for later. Uh She's she's doing great things. She is. She's doing great things, and I'm stoked that she is my podcast co-host. Oh. R.I.P. We do miss you this week, though, Aaron. I love you. Goodbye. So, Paige, uh, we're gonna we're gonna just not make it too interviewee because you're one of friends. my best friends on yeah. earth. Yeah. And We've I don't want for like what five years. Yeah. Do you remember how we met? You were dancing outside of Live Oak with a teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> there was a round it was in the town gigantic the hot pink uh, for jamming and jammies the jamming and jammies what what is the bear's name do you know does it have a name i don't know it should jer jared jeremy sure i, I have know. no idea i have no idea we can call it jeremy but yeah uh i was doing uh i think they call it barking which is where you stand outside of a club and invite people inside is that the technical name for I'm, that 99% sure that's what it's called in comedy that's so when you see a comedian handing hilarious. out like the little five by seven handouts like come to my show tonight I'm pretty sure that's called barking dang which I'm is impressed. funny because I was barking for Megan Barker <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> yeah I uh, I used to do that before tour stop mm -hmm. and not like before I would go but like before it was a thing oh yeah so well, we met at Live Oak? Yeah, we went from that, and then, like, one of the first shows I ever played was that CD Baby conference that oh you God. did at Alley Taps. I was so nervous. Was that nervous. your first show with me or your first show in town? It was my first show with you. Okay. But I was very nervous. Why were you nervous? I don't know. Because I'm so professional? I, like, showed up, and everybody was sound checking, and we had, like, Holiana, who had an electric guitar, <laughs> and... um. What is, uh, 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 he just moved to Kentucky. I'm blanking on his name. Glasses. Steve Graberger played that night. Daniel no. Niehoff? Yes. Yes. Daniel. I, I only remember that because I have some photos for, that some photographer took and sent me that night that really used, loved the vignette effect to like, just like dark in the corners. So they're all like super dramatic. But Steve Graberger's photos or super up close to his face, and he had burst a, like a blood vessel in his eye, oh, so his creepy. entire right eye was like blood red, Ooh. except everything was super zoomed in. So I'm like, mm, I'm never ever ever gonna use any of these photos. I'm like, well, I have photos of you. Oh, I know. I had hair down to my waist. Ye that was was a your lot, hair that long? Yeah, that was like a lot darker than it is. I don't now. think I've seen you with long hair in five years, honestly. It's 
It's been short for like. You three. keep it a nice. What's this called? A bob. Yeah, it's a, it's shorter than it usually is. I just gotta. Comment. I don't know anything about hair. I don't know. I'm losing mine progressively, so. I will be if I keep bleaching it the way that I am. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's like the uh, my. I think it's a Mike Burbiglia joke where he's like, "My gut is fat and my hairline is fast," or something <laughs> like that. Where it's just like, and it's a close game. <laughs> I kind of feel that. You're like that's me. I get it. Yeah. So I know you super well, but you do know me super the well. listeners of our podcast, all of you all over the earth. And yes, I do know that there are people listening out of the country. That's cool. What? Yes, I see you, Finland. But <laughs> uh, for, for the people who might not know who you are, what you do, will you give us uh, a background into your life? Yeah. So, Start at the beginning. So my name is Paige Rose. Um, that is my actual first and last name. I get asked not that a, all the time. Not a stage it's, name. It's not a stage name. It it's not my middle name. It is my first and last name. Um, I'm originally from Sioux City, Iowa. I've lived in Nashville for like five years-ish, give or take. Um, been kind of just chasing the music thing most of my life. Literally from, I was a diva in diapers, you know what I mean? I used to make my... I've never uh, heard that phrase before. Yeah, a true. diva in diapers? I really was. Like I used to make my family help me put on shows as a kid. <laughs> And like my cousin would run sound, like I had this little karaoke toy oh that God, I would make him carry adorable. around. And if anyone talked, we started over like diva, <laughs> diva in training. Um, I think I've minimalized that a little bit as I've gotten older. I kind um, of love that for you, though. Yeah, it's a great it's one of my family's like go to stories to talk. You're not a about diva now, now, though. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't try to be anyways. No, you're you're pretty neat. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> what a word to use to describe you're, your you're friend. You're so neat. You're so neat. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, pretty much since I was a kid, I've always wanted to sing and loved doing that. And then I went to college and figured out I didn't suck at writing songs. And I think this is when moved here. The, the college is how you and I first started becoming like real friends. Yeah, you offended me. Yeah, not offended me, but you like made some stab at she, my college at Red Door. I forget. We were talking where we were. We were talking about um, where everyone went to college, and I was like, "Yeah, hey, I went to University of Missouri." And we were just going around the table. And Paige was like, "Yeah, I went to this small, uh, this small private school in Boston." And I was like, "Oh, that's great because you know who really loves fucking talking about <laughs> going to Berkeley? It's Berkeley students." And okay, then, that's not, the story goes like this: We were sitting at Red Door with Zane and my our friend Natasha Myers, who's also a fellow Iowan and phenomenal artist, and. We were all talking. I don't know. You were like asking, like, wait, where did everybody go to college? You like stopped the conversation and everybody went around. And I just said some school in Boston because I don't love talking about it all the time. <laughs> and Aaron just goes into this rampage about Berkeley kids. And I just sat there and laughed and didn't say anything. And everyone kind of just started looking at me. And Aaron's just <laughs> staring around the table like, what's going on? And then it dawned on him. And he goes, wait, what school in Boston? <laughs> I was like, oh, crap, I have been eating my foot in front of my friends, ranting about my hatred of Berkeley to a Berkeley student. It was funny. I, I got a big kick out of it. But yeah, I feel, I feel like that was a, a bonding moment. That was, that was like the moment. first of many. And then honestly, the pandemic. That was, yeah. I think another bonding thing was right before the pandemic when we were doing tour stop in Columbia, Missouri, my hometown. Oh my gosh. And... We had, I think it was Drea Gordon dropped out last minute because she had to work. And I was like, okay, who do I know? It was the day before. You yeah, who do me. I know 
that can drop everything <laughs> and drives seven and a half hours to play a writer's round for free. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's go. And uh, yeah, you drove up with our pal Aaron Clafton and and now we're friends. Yeah. I mean, we were friends before that. We That's were, why. but that was, that was a night. That, that was, was a night for everyone involved. Yeah, there's a photo of you and I, or is it me or you? With all of the... I think it's just me, but just I don't you? think that I did all five of the Irish car bombs that are in the photo. I'm pretty sure you did two, and I did three. Either way, that story alone should tell you a majority of how the night went. It was... That was not the first bar, but it was the last bar. It, it was the last <laughs> one. And honestly, I think that that was for the best. Yeah. Like... Gosh, so we played that night at a place called East Side Tavern, mm -hmm. and the, the thing, show was fun. The show was great. Also, the venue didn't tell me that we were drinking for free there, which kind of started the end. Started the end of the chaos. The start, like, yeah, because I mean, it's like going to a Golden Corral where <laughs> you're like, ah, all you can eat. It's not all you should eat. They're like free. What was it, Miller High Life? It was free and Miller High Life and Fireball. Jack Daniels, I think, as well, or it Fireball. Fireball. It was Fireball that we Ugh. and we finished all of it. Oh my god, all of it, and then we went to the next bar, and then we came back because that bar turns into a karaoke bar yeah, afterwards. And there's that footage of uh, who who was the guy, the the short Asian guy that was singing uh, with Zane or something. Zane was. I don't know. Somebody did ignition at one point. That was Zane. Yeah, that was things Zane. like really got out of hand quickly. And Aaron Clapton was grinding on him. <laughs> nice. Ah, yes. Life on the road. We had fun. That was a fun night. So you have been in town for five years. I've known you for most all of the time, I think, pretty much. Yeah, I would say at least four of those five I have years. gotten to see you accomplish a lot of cool things. But I'm not going to talk about your accomplishments. Something I like to ask people is what what's what's something that you've done in town that you're particularly proud of? Because there's a whole great big world of music out there that we do and the business we work in blah, 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 blah. but it, it making it so to speak is different to everyone and success means something different to everyone so what's it what's that for you i don't know honestly and it's not even because it's under just, pressure yeah it's not even because it just happened but doing my release show all by myself and having tell us about that the a, listeners don't know what you're talking about so i had a release show what two weeks ago for, for what? my record that just came out yeah you did and uh, Aaron knows, and he can attest to this, it was a lot of stress and anxiety as I was putting it on. What? Um, but it was something I really, it was a task I really wanted to see if I could do alone. Like if I could do it with me as the headliner and, and not really affiliated with anything and just wanted to see if I could like, if I could do it. I don't know. Day of the show, I had a very different mentality of that. I was like, oh my God, who do I think I am? Why do I think I can do this? <laughs> um all that to be said, it ended up being a really great night, and that's to this day probably the my biggest accomplishment I would say in town. That's cool for sure. So this is uh, that was a show promoting your new record. Tell us about your new record that just came out. I just put out a record. It's What's it? Is it first one on ever? It. It's my first like real Full record. record. Yeah, um, it's got seven songs on it, so six and like a bonus track because I couldn't pick. And what's it called? It's called Not All Girls. Yeah, it is. Uh, Aaron, actually, Tour Stop is kind of where that song got its legs in town. Yeah, buddy. Um, I wrote the title track called Not All Girls Wear Pink in college. When you were at that uh, small school in Boston. Uh-huh. And I was <laughs> living... So, Boston apartments are very interesting. Like... I don't know what you mean. They're... None of them are really up to code. 
That sounds And cool. everyone just like doesn't talk about it. <laughs> and one time I was living in my first apartment there and I had gotten locked in the bathroom. The door handle fell off on my side oh. and I had to wait until my roommate got home. Finally, she let me out and I was like, okay, I need to grab my toolbox. I need to fix this. And she goes, just ask the guy next door to do it. And I was like, that's stupid. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and it took me like a couple of hours, a YouTube video and a call to my dad, but I did get it fixed. And thank God. I don't know. Were you just, trapped in there the whole time? No, not for two hours. Whew. I wasn't trapped in there very long. But I mean, of all places you would have to be trapped, at least it's the bathroom. You know, yeah. <laughs> there are alternatives that would not be as great. <laughs> but yeah, and so I just, I don't know, I kind of got to thinking about it. And then I wrote that song and then it kind of traveled here and I started playing it at rounds at Nashville Tour Stop and all of a sudden it became like the anthem for a little while. And oh I, my God, is it an anthem? I That's loved the first it. song of yours I really fell in love with. Mm-hmm. Aww. And it made me, like, that was the first time, honestly, it was the first night that someone, that the crowd sang it back to me at Belcourt during mm-hmm. a Nashville Tour Stop show that I was like, hmm, maybe you're going to do okay here. Yeah. I, I remember seeing you play that song a number of times, and every single one of them, people love going, da-da-da. Mm. How about we play a little bit of that at the end of the episode today? Okay. We can do that. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so when did the process of actually writing the record start? Because I know you've been working on this for years. Yeah, years. this record was kind of a pain to make. <laughs> um, you know, there was like that whole pandemic thing that happened uh, in the meantime. But we started the record. So we started writing the record. It wasn't really like I sat down and I was like, oh, okay, we're going to start writing for a record. I knew that I wanted Not All Girls. Like people kept asking for me to cut it. And I knew that I wanted to do a record. So I was kind of waiting. That was me. It was you. And I was kind of waiting for to have enough songs that I felt really comfortable with and proud of to compile. To, and that felt like me. You know, that didn't feel like somebody else or whatever. I wanted songs that felt truly like me. And so I waited until I had those. And once I felt like I had songs I was comfortable with and excited about, I started shopping for producers and interviewed a lot. And when I tell you I interviewed a lot, I mean a lot. And I just couldn't find anybody that saw the vision that I saw or saw the thing that I wanted to make. And I was complaining about it over dinner, actually, to my friend Sam Heyman. And shout out, Sam. Sam. Shout out, Sam. And he was like, I'll do it. And I went, oh, right. You produce music. <laughs> and I was like, wait, really? And he goes, yeah, I'll do it. And he's like, this is kind of what you want, right? And it was perfectly aligned with what I had in, in mind. And so he and I immediately started sitting down and having meetings and February of 2020, we uh, set up at Sound Emporium and started tracking baseline stuff. And I can, we should all laugh at the fact now that my guitar player Connor and I were super sick and like taking Dayquil in between. And we both thought it was just a cold that was like, <laughs> you know, when you power through everything. And uh, February 2020. Yeah. And uh, the before times. The before times. And then, like, yeah, two weeks after that. We were we had scheduled to cut vocals mm-hmm. for the record, and it was kind of like March twelfth, thirteenth, kind of when Ugh. everything started to shut down. I think the last tour stop show was like the thirteenth or fifteenth. Yeah. It was around then. It was the it was the fifteenth, I think, because it was like a day or two before St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, the world shut down, right? Yeah, I was supposed to play. Yeah, that you night. were. Oh my God, we had the law firm booked to yeah. play that night. You were the first. Oh, you were the first person to <laughs> to get canceled because of COVID. Aww. Aww. So loving. Yeah, you were but, supposed to play the eight o'clock or the nine o'clock round that night. I love that you remember the Aww. time frame. That's so specific. <laughs> yeah, John Holier. Holier. God, I, 
calling him by the right name sounds wrong. Fair. Yeah, Holye was supposed to play 8.30 to 9 that night, and he texted me, and he's like, hey, so, yeah, no. <laughs> he's like, hey, man. Which is funny, because I didn't even know who he was back then. Really? Yeah, and now I, like, we are friends. It's weird. It's weird to see all the friendships that have kind of cultivated out of the pandemic, but, um, yeah, so we all thought it was going to happen, like, oh, we'll all take a pause for two weeks. Two weeks to flatten the curve. And it was about when I was packing up my car to do my first drive to Minnesota and decide that I was going to stay there for the next question mark amount of time that I was like, we should probably figure out how we're going to do this remote. And so Sam started flying in guitar parts and we were, you know, outsourcing players and it ended up working out. Um, but we, we made this record pretty much entirely apart after the baseline stuff, which is wild to think about now. So none of it was tracked like live in the same room together the baseline stuff was so so like, the stuff before yeah so like okay. bass drums guitar like main the main the meat and potatoes what of was that it process really was. like with it all being remote because i know like myself i'm kind of a what what what's there uh i i'm god and when <laughs> when i'm recording something i want to have a hand in everything what what was it like to not have that control yeah i'm also a little control freaky um but I really did trust Sam. And I think that if it would have been a total stranger that I was working with, I maybe would have been a little more annoying mm-hmm. <laughs> about it. But I, I did. I, I trust Sam and, and I adore him. And I knew that he would care for this project the way that I needed him to. And it just worked. I mean, he would send me lines and I would be like, yes, I like this. I don't like this. And typically the, if we would fly stuff in, like um, – uh, we hired Josh Matheny for Dobro, and he smashed it. It was amazing. Are all the people who performed on your record the same players that played on your show live? A majority of them are. Cool. My Dobro and my Pedal Steel were not, but everybody else, yes, was involved in the record some way, somehow. Gotcha. Uh, which was really important to me for the show. I wanted to make sure, like, even Sam doesn't normally play guitar with me, but he played guitar on a lot of the record and obviously produced it. So I was like, I, I need you to be on the show. Um, it, it was it was cool and like even Drea sang BGV so to have her that night too it was awesome it was great to feel like shout out Drea Gordon shout out Drea Gordon Dr. Haya Dr. I want her to put out an album called Dr. E.A. so bad can it just be remixes of her songs I think it'd be hilarious I think she should Dr. I, I am now in support of this I didn't know it was a thing <laughs> but I'm now on board yeah I'm a big nickname guy you know that that's true P Money P Money yeah, I, I don't really know where that name came from, but it's it I, has stuck. It, it has stuck. it stuck hard. Hard. Like I literally changed your name in my phone to pay money <laughs> <laughs> because I was going to text you so many times and I would literally type in P money and I've gone to type Miss Money in my computer and I'm like, why can't oh that's not her name's Paige. <laughs> her name that's not her name. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that's let's funny. take a quick commercial break and we'll come right back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. <laughs> And we're back with the Nashville Tour Stop podcast. Normally, Erin Cooper welcomes us back, but <laughs> like I ranted on earlier, she's gone today. Uh, and across from me Hi. is my pal, Miss Money, P Money, <laughs> aka, 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 Paige Rose. Nice. Hello again, Paige Rose. Hi. Thank you for listening to the podcast, not you. I looked, I looked you right in the eyes. You did. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. <laughs> 
<laughs> I will probably also listen so to this. So it's though. super fun getting to do this with someone who actually understands that my personality is a little more uh, not serious. Do you bring like people in that don't know you very well? I feel like a lot of people don't know that I am just a, a funny, jolly, happy fella. Oh no, a you're neat, you're very funny. I am a neat guy. A neat <laughs> throwback to when we said that. Yeah, next time I ask you to set ago, me up with one of your friends, just tell them he's a neat guy. He's a neat guy with a good sense of humor. He's a neat guy, period T. That's it. That's all I'm gonna give him. <laughs> so we've been talking about Not All Girls, the new EP. What was the actual release date of that? May eleventh. Tw- eleventh, May eleventh. Yes. Twenty twenty two, the year of our Lord. Right. And uh, so there's seven songs on there. I know all of them. But can you tell us, uh, so did Not All Girls, the song, predate all the rest? Is that the oldest one yes, on there? Yes, that is the oldest one on there. Okay, so what was the what was the, the last minute edition? Boyfriends. Boyfriends? That song's a banger. Why would you have left that one off? Uh, I had a different one in its place. Which one was in its place? A song that I'm not even planning on cutting anymore. Um, but at the time, I was heading. In, I thought I was heading in a very country, country direction. You are not. And now a I was super, like, super country, I country now want to be more rock country. So that is kind of more where the road took me. But um, back then, there was a song called "Trouble with Texas" that was on the lineup, and Aaron's like, I don't even know what that song is. I think I had pl- I played it out. It was fairly new, also. That was one of yours. Yep. Gosh, I don't know that one. But then we had written Boyfriends, the law firm did, and... More on that in a second. Yeah, and then, I don't know, I was sitting I was sitting in Sam's closet, and we were, like, going over... In his closet? Yeah, it's where his studio was at the time. Oh. <laughs> and... It's like, no, you're just hanging out with yeah, his Yeah, we're just chilling, yeah. We were sitting, but we were sitting in his closet, and I remember sitting there, and we were doing, like, the rough track tapes that everybody would record over, and... I just felt so on the fence about Trouble with Texas. And I was like, we wrote this one like two weeks ago. I really think it should be in there. And he was like, I mean, we can track it and just see what you feel in a couple of weeks. And I just said, no, we're doing it. And I made a very impulsive decision to do it. And it is probably, I don't know. I feel like every song on the record is my favorite, but it's definitely. It's one of my favorites. Out there. Yeah. You texted me the other day about that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I woke up with boyfriends stuck in my head tough uh yeah it was you know listen we all love a true story so you wrote that with the law firm it did tell our listeners who the law firm is and why it is called that the law firm is basically a knockoff of the love junkies (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and if you don't know who those are the love junkies are three songwriters i think it's Lori mckenna oh my god i'm gonna butcher everybody that's in it now but it's three songwriters in town that all write together and they just kind of they became a squad and Nicole Miller, Natasha Myers and I kind of happenstance starting, started to write a lot. And we actually can't want to break up was the first song we ever wrote together. That's also on the record. Banger. And then um, we decided to do a breakfast and bops thing one day. And so we all went over to Natasha's house at like nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. And for musicians, that's very early and wrote boyfriends was actually the first song of the day that we wrote and we all made breakfast and wrote something else. And Nicole, while we were cooking breakfast, realized we always, whenever you write a song, we'll just put the title and then the writers behind it, usually just their last names. And we had Miller Myers Rose up on the title line and Nicole just laughed and she goes, huh, we kind of sound like a law firm. (laughs) And 
some of it, we had just like made a joke about it later and somehow it stuck. It stuck. I have, I had you guys build on that poster you were supposed to play as the, as law, the firm. law firm. Yeah. It's RIP. It's crazy. Yeah. So we just did that. And then we ended up writing four songs that day. So we started with boyfriends and then we wrote four um, songs. We wrote four songs that day. We wrote boyfriends and then cooked breakfast and wrote the song called Forgot to Stop and then wrote this song called Honesty Hour and ended with a song called Triggers. Sure. And triggers. yeah, Triggers, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you will hear later in life. Is um, that a song about a relationship? Yeah. Who Boy, the- it's about the same one Boyfriends is about. <laughs> <laughs> so if that tells us anything, it's that that was a very uh, heated time of your life. Can we say toxic? <laughs> So how many songs is the law firm written? Do you have any idea? Dozens? Yeah. I don't even know anymore. I feel like there's been a few that are out in the world. Um, Natasha's cut a couple. Where does Um, she live now? She used to live here in Tennessee, but she moved. She moved back to Iowa. So all three of us are from Iowa. And (gasps) Natasha. I didn't know that. Yeah. And now Natasha travels in. um, So she comes in like every six to eight weeks, give or take. Um, Does she bring retro? No. Dang. I know. Retro I miss is her Smush. Dog. He's my little Smush. I miss him so much. He's my little god dog. I adore him. He's a cutie. He's a cutie. But yeah, she travels in and, and basically does a lot of, like, I still write with her. I have a write with her next week and we just write over Zoom all the time. The pandemic's kind of shifted that. So you don't have to be in Nashville necessarily. That's true. Do I remember doing a lot of, like, Zoom writes and yeah. I didn't like them. I kind of, I've grown to like them for really? a different reason. They're just a very different. It's a different experience. It's, yeah, it's a different experience. Honestly, I'm a little more focused. My Are you ADD, really? Yeah, my ADD brain in person. Sometimes I get on side tangents. I, and I have can't. to be in a room with somebody to make that happen. I can't. I can't let myself have like. All right, so here's the video chat window, and next to it is the song document, and then right below it is my text messages. And you're like, eh. <laughs> nope. I can't. I can't remove myself, or I, I have to remove myself. That's why we have an office for tour stop, is because I could no longer stand to sit in book shows. Oh yeah, on my couch. Uh, my day job desk is literally at the foot of my bed. So what is your day job? I do marketing, for technically for a tech company, but I always say Plato's Closet. That's a lot more attainable. So I oversee like the three Nash- Greater Nashville area stores and do all the marketing for them. So. I don't know what company that is. It's you don't have to say it if you don't. It's a thrift store. I mean, more or less. They. Oh, I do know what it is. Never mind. I remember. Yeah, it's like cash for clothes. So we buy and sell clothes. It's like the whole thing. Not goodwill. Not goodwill. You get cash for clothes that you bring in, like trendy styles, and then I don't have any clothes I could sell. That's not true. I think you could probably sell what you're wearing. I think if I brought someone, okay, my shirt I could sell. This is a, a nice Buck Mason tee. I got I got this shirt. What is your shirt? Make I have no luck. idea. I bought it in the men's section at Plato's. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Do you shop there a lot? Oh yeah. I never would have known. See. Which is proof that you can wa- <laughs> you can buy Plato's closet clothes. Man, that was I, a mouthful. I pretty much like eighty percent of my wardrobe is from Plato's now. You dress so comfortably all the time. I envy you. Comfortably? Comfort I mean, I've never seen you just like Un, in like dressed uncomfortably like like I'm, i've seen you fancy dressed once oh uh, i don't really do dresses i don't but I'm, i was like i don't really look like a, i don't like where it's, i don't wear sweatpants You're pretty much out. just like jeans and a tee just like me i'm always in jeans and a jeans, jeans and a cut-up t-shirt of some kind because we 
Honestly, if we traded clothes, it might not fit, but people would be like, nah, it looks like something she'd wear. On it, yeah. Converse. I'd probably just like tuck it into a, a tuck it into a crop top and like roll up the sleeves. Ooh, I'll crop I'll crop mine. There you go. How's that? Does fashion. that look good? Fashion forward. What the listeners can't see <laughs> is that I pulled my shirt up and it's exposing my gut. <laughs> I forget where I was. I did that, uh, I think a couple of days ago, maybe yesterday. A couple of days ago? I, I forget how it came up, but it was so perfectly timed that I just, no, it was at a, it was at Tin Roof and I was with Caroline Delone and Tara Walston and I forget how it came up, but I just lifted my whole ass shirt up. Sure. Just flashed whoever was there. I for, it was it was funny in the moment. I say I have, it now and it sounds kind of icky, but I have a picture of you. I think it might actually be your contact picture in my phone. Oh, of you at Belcourt. Oh my like god! That. What was that? From? I don't remember why I have that picture. I think that was the night that I got uh, sprayed with champagne. I got sprayed with champagne. This was a video night. There is a video of that. There's also footage that uh, Dylan Reeves has of me actually taking my shirt off. That checks out. But we've never put that out. Yet. Yet. Yeah, so if you want to see footage of me getting sprayed with champagne, go to YouTube and search for Nashville Tour Stop 2.0. There's footage of me getting sprayed with champagne in that video. And I miss Belcourt. I know. So let's talk about Belcourt Taps. It's come up on the podcast before, but uh, what was your first Belcourt Taps experience? And then we we have lots and lots of different ones. My first one, I think Rose booked, like, I emailed Rose about booking around because I don't know that Tour Stop was there yet. And she had, you know, cleared me for the night or whatever. And I I, I don't even remember who I brought on with me, but I ended up booking my own, my first round. I think it might have been the first round I ever booked by myself. And we went and played and... It was around the time that my first single, Brandy, came out, TBT. Oh, and, I remember that song. Yep. And uh, I don't know. It was just a fun night. I just remember thinking it was such a cool room. Like, I had been to a couple of their shows there, but that was the first time I had played there. And um, I don't know. Slowly after that, I kind of started getting into the NTS circuit. And I met, honestly, a majority of the people I know now. That's where I met most of my best friends in there. town. Bless that little... smelly room i miss like it was just it was just the essence of the room like it didn't matter what night of the week you went in there or you know it just it was just were there yeah your friends were there and even if you didn't think they would be there they were there (laughs) yeah yeah they it it was literally like cheers yeah you just show up and you're like "Mm, i'm probably gonna find somebody i know in here and if you didn't you didn't walk out with like not knowing anybody you would walk in and meet someone it didn't matter yeah they had that sign up above all the tables that said, uh, share or make, make a friend, friend share, share a table. table. Yeah. Uh, our last show there was December 19th, 2021. And you played that show. I did. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? That night was crazy. That night was crazy. It a little bit got out of hand. I feel like this has been a theme. It started off really nice. It did. It very nostalgic. Sweet. I showed up because you started at like what noon? The, yeah, started at noon. Yeah, I showed up like four. I think I played like five or six. And four o'clock was around the time that the sponsors came and started buying people free alcohol. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. that's when they started to go downhill. Um, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery, but, the owner, Charlie, came and purchased six full bottles of Tennessee whiskey for the bar to give away. I drank. And then some red, like a Red Bull sponsor showed up. Red Bull came twice. 
yeah. and gave people wild. free stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was and, a whole day. Anyways. It was a 14-hour show. We needed some energy. We did. But, yes, yeah, so I was there. And then um, I, that was the first day I dyed my hair purple. <laughs> that, Throw that, back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we just, like, hung out. I play – we you play the hits. Like, that was the goal was to, like, play the hits and some of the stuff that – don't try out new stuff tonight. Yeah, it was just so like everyone can sing along to each other's songs. And it was just such a magical night being in there. And Kaylee Dent like actually got on the bar for trouble, which was funny. I I remember holding her hand as she climbed up onto that chair. I forget what she was doing. Was that was that when she lit up? No, it was, was during it... trouble. Like I, I said, one of the lines is like standing on the bar shooting <laughs> yeah. doubles and she stood up. Yeah, there were no rules. None. At the bar that day. None. I that place was the Wild West already. Yeah. <laughs> and and like the best way though. It was and that was why we liked it so much was because you you could go in there and if whatever was going on in your day, that was expected. It was yeah. like good day, bad day. Anything. Someone you anything. just walk in and they're like, You want a taps? And that was what we called the house beer, which was always Keystone Light or Miller was Mil- Light. I thought, yeah, it was like some... something like that. Whatever the cheapest available beer was from uh, the beer distributor. But yeah, they just it was just their house beer, and we put a lot of a lot a lot of a lot of hours under our belts. I put and... a lot of life into that bar in the last four years. Like that's one reason I'm so I'm still so sad that it's gone. Is we we lost our our clubhouse. Yeah, I mean, I just don't like. I don't really know where to go anymore. I feel like that was the like that was it was it was the end of an era. Yeah, it was the center of like a lot of our friends and just life. I don't know. I ended up writing a song about it. Did you really? Mm-hmm. It's called, What's it called? It's called More Than a Bar. Okay, and I th- I have seen the video of this, but you filmed it on the mm-hmm. uh, patio. Yeah, right. It's not out yet, but. It will be coming out. That so that song is slotted to be on on record too. Hey, right now. Um, there were a lot of people that wrote songs about that place, which yeah. goes goes to prove that we really did like that bar, even though it was disgusting. It had its charm. It had its. It's moments. like your grandma's like algae ridden basement. My grandma does not have algae in her basement. I will tell you that right now. <laughs> Yeah, it it was the stinky stinky basement or whatever that you just wanted to go hang out in because all your friends were there. Yeah, picture like that seventy show basement. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah, yeah, there, that was Belcourt. There was a loose dog that lived in the bar. Oh, uh, Rosie! There were a few. I loved Rosie though. Rosie, she she was a puppy and grew up in the bar. She with, did smothered with affection. Oh gosh, because Top there were bottom. you know always a hundred people in there to love her. Yep. So that way, when it was finally like time to for her to not be a puppy she still was just like i'm gonna i'm gonna climb up onto the bar right because she can't <laughs> oh yeah she did there were there were there were times where her and the other dog that lived there miss piggy i was gonna say miss piggy was the other dog miss piggy and rosie got to be good friends but rosie was crazy and gigantic <laughs> and miss piggy is like a, a, a what's it called a french a bulldog or something french, oh, french, yeah, something like that bulldog. some kind of little and Rosie's like a what a poodle mix, a, Gold, a huge, doodle, of some kind, huge like labradoodle or something, gigantic. It was I think Rosie was like eighty five pounds when she was six months old. It was like a huge dog, huge dog, huge dog. But yeah, that was <laughs> Belcourt Taps, and uh, it is just part of a symptom of what's happening in Nashville with all of the 
the indie venues closing. There's still a handful of them left. Yeah. For falling into a, a corporate thing with this uh, this music industry now, though. Yeah. So what's next for Paige Rose? I know uh, there's a, there's a whole bunch of things that you want to accomplish in this great big world. Oh yes. But what's the what's the step for the the next project or yeah. uh, what what's going on now? Uh, currently we're going to live in the record for a little bit and let that breathe and sit. And Go stream Not All Girls. <laughs> we're going to do some road dates this summer, which I'm excited about. I've never traveled with a band or anything like that, so that'll be a fun new thing to check off the checklist. Um, but moving forward, I'm hoping fall-ish, we're getting back into the studio um, to record a double EP, which sounds wild. It's basically an album that I'm just going to milk for two EPs and, and <laughs> cut in half. Uh, but I'm really, really excited about it. Again, I didn't intentionally sit down and was like, oh, I want to write this project. It just kind of naturally led itself to be a two part one, part two kind of thing. And I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. Um, Is yeah. Trouble going to be on that one? Trouble will be on that yeah, one. Baby. There's like a bunch of songs that people keep asking about. And like they're everyone. And because this record started so late or came out so much later than it was written, Everybody's like, why aren't all of these songs on here? And I'm like, well, because like, they well, didn't I exist. Writing, I was recording this two years ago. Yeah, like they didn't exist when we started it, um, which is cool. It's exciting to know that people are excited about more music to come out. But that, that is a good proof that like if people are asking like, is this song going to be on the record? It means that you wrote a good one. Yeah. So it means I'm, they actually want to hear it again. I'm really excited to see what the next chapter looks like. That's awesome. And then uh, Ryman, Opry... <laughs> Bridgestone, your Nissan. list to God's ears. We'll see. <laughs> where's where's like a, a a place that's special to you that you want to play sometime in your career? The Opry. The Opry, hands down. I would love in in the next year. I would love to play the Bluebird. Um, if the Opry feels like a stretch in the next year, but that is. Have you never played at the Bluebird before? I've never played at the know Bluebird. That. Mm -mm. But you don't want it to be the open mic. You want it to be like the. I want to do the in the round. I'm the scheduled person. Yeah, I've seen some of the talent at the Bluebird. You're definitely gonna make the cut. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so well, here let's uh, not chat too much more. Tell us uh, your plugs, where people can find you. Uh, what's what's the best way to uh, interact with you, engage with you on the interwebs? Yeah, um, I'm on pretty much every social media platform you can think of under Page Rose Music, P A I G E R O S E Music. The right way. The right way. Um, yeah. Otherwise, except for TikTok, TikTok's the only one that I'm Page Rose Music official because. Someone is, decided to a, create one with my face. There is a Page Rose music on there, though. Yeah, someone decided to create one for me with my face that isn't me. Yeah, so. I saw that. Yeah. That's not you. No. There's no videos on it, I don't think. That's weird. But it's there. <laughs> so Page Rose Music. And uh, what's your website? PageRoseMusic.com. Dot com. And go stream Not All Girls, the new yeah. record from Page Rose. My pal. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but go stream Not All Girls, listen to uh, Boyfriends, and listen to the whole thing. Put it on repeat. Yeah. If you stream it a thousand times, Paige will get buck fifty or so. Two, three, two, three bucks maybe. If you stream every song a thousand times, yeah. Seven thousand streams. Uh, that'll probably get you ten well, bucks maybe. Yeah. Depends. You go stream it seven thousand times so that Paige <laughs> can go eat a cookout. Nice. <laughs> if you'd like to follow us at the Nashville Tour Stop, you can find us online at NashvilleTourStop.com. We've got all of our uh, shows listed there. You can keep up with the live schedule and uh, the videos and everything. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Nashville Tour Stop. 
and on TikTok at Nashville Tour Stop. And we just crossed a thousand followers, so I can finally go live. Heck yeah. Applause sound effect. Honestly, the Nashville Tour Stop TikTok cracks me up. I'm glad. The trends that you guys do are very funny. We do some of the goofy dumb stuff. It's, it's, I get a kick out of it. Yep. That's kind of my brand. Goofy and dumb. I'm into it. Mm. I'm here for it. Yeah, my goofy dumb songs are bleeding into my professional life. There are worse things that I think could happen. That's true. People like goofy and dumb. Yeah. That's why Yeehaw Motherfucker has been a huge part of my business. I now. own a t shirt that says that. Yeah. I have yeah. I have it framed in the office. You do. I do. Well, uh please, while you are going to uh Follow us online. Remember to give us a five-star review on your podcast platform. It really helps us. Uh, but more than anything, just tell your friends. Uh, send an episode. Send this to uh, your mom or, I don't know, your I'm grandma. I'm to Gail. Gail oh, how did we not even talk about that? I don't know. So me and Paige and a couple of our other friends have a group chat called Gail's Fan Club. Apparently my mom has become the spokesperson of my friend group, which we, I think is hilarious. We love Gail. We all love Gail. And not A-B-C-D-E-F-U Gail. We do love that Gail. We also do love that Gail. But we're talking about G-A-I-L. Mama right? Gail. Yeah. Mama Gail. Mama Rose? Mama Rose. Mama Rose. Well... Uh, this this is going to be the uh, the end of the podcast today. Coming from <laughs> Gail's fan club, nice. Paige Rose and Aaron Schilb. We'll be back next week with Aaron Cooper. And uh, please, while you are doing all of those things, do remember that all roads lead right here to the to Nashville, Nashville Tour Stop. Yeehaw, motherfucker! <laughs> Don't